A newspaper cartoon shows an automobile. It's balancing precariously over the edge of a cliff. There's an embarrassed husband at the wheel and his perturbed wife is sitting right next to him. We've all been there. He does the man thing and he says to his wife, honey, there's gotta be a lesson in here somewhere. You see, he still won't admit it. He's stubborn, he's too proud. If he had just done what she had suggested moments before and asked for directions, but there you go. There's this classic example of a lack of wisdom. Well, there's also a lesson in there for all of us. To end up at the right destination, you and I have to choose the right road. But to get on that right road, we need the right directions. If you've ever made a wrong turn in, in a strange place and you found yourself hopelessly lost after making that decision, then you know how important this life lesson is. Now, wisdom would be knowing how important the lesson is, but implementing it also. So now listen to me, all of you, especially men. What I mean is asking for the right directions is one thing so you can get on the right road, but you've got to use those directions right to the end of the destination. No deviations. There are many lessons we learn every day, aren't there? Uh, sometimes we find ourselves choosing poor directions. Sometimes we find ourselves choosing no directions and we just wing it. And then the result usually is an aimless, sometimes frustrating, and at other times even frightening walk on the road. There is a road that God has prepared. And he calls out to each of us to get on that road that he's prepared for you. He provides us with everything we could possibly need to stay on that road. And where does God's road lead? What is the final destination? It's life. It's eternal life. The Bible frequently instructs us to choose the right road. We see it over and over again. The, the right path, it's called, in the book of Proverbs. And the voice of wisdom from God always speaks the truth. And, and it's always competing. It's always competing uh, with the contemporary world's wisdom, which thinks that there are many ways to God, if there even is a God. And then we're led to believe by popular wisdom that any path, any road that you sincerely follow will eventually get you there, wherever there is for you. Jesus made it clear, so crystal clear, that there is only one there where you want to go. In this life, we can take one of two ways, and each of them leads to a very real destination. But it's two very different destinations. According to Jesus, in Matthew 7, we hear Jesus say in verses 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Did you notice that there's no middle road? What God's wisdom does for us is to point out the road less traveled and teaches us how to stay on it for the entire journey. Uh, we get to, as Jesus calls it, experience abundant life. God shows us how to av avoid the way of the wide road. God's road brings us to his destination every time eternal life. Let's check out another reference that Jesus makes to God's kind of wisdom in Matthew chapter 11. It's in verses 25 and 30. And this aspect of God's wisdom from Jesus himself tells us that 
only God can provide this and only this is the only kind of wisdom that truly satisfies your and my deepest longings at that time it says Jesus declared I thank you father Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and you've revealed them to little children yes father for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in getting prepared for our text in Proverbs today, we've looked at two teachings from Jesus and discovered first that God's wisdom, um, his road to travel, it's hard. It's hard in that it's not as, a, as appealing or obvious to our sin nature to even want to desire it or get on it. And God's road must be revealed to each of us through the Son, Jesus Christ. Secondly, we also see that while God's narrow road is hard to discover without being revealed, it's the only road that's going to provide rest. And isn't that what we all want? Peace and rest from the, from the frantic pace of life, from the multiple voices that are pulling at us every day. But this only comes to those who, who come to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Big question, are you on that road? And we've been learning about living wisely by walking through Proverbs together. This wisdom for doing life well is yours when you are on the right road. And it will keep you on that right road. Yes, it's, it's real wisdom. And it, it, it works for everybody. Uh, it can even work for a person who isn't saved. But then it becomes only temporal gain. It's over when their life is over. And as Solomon describes it elsewhere, it's vanity. It's useless. It's folly. Today, today in Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon's going to add more detail to this road that God is taking us on, to this even this final destination, eternal life. And remember, wisdom involves both hearing God's word and then responding accordingly. So let's hear it first in chapter 2, verse 1. My child, if, if you receive my words and store up my commands within you, if is a key word. If you take these steps of faith, these action steps of faith, if you digest my, my words in scripture, that if shows that uh, you really do fear me, you trust me, you know that I am in complete and total control. And by doing this disciplined work, it is discipline, this work of studying God's words, you show yourself to be approved by God. You show that God's words, his words of life and truth are very, very valuable. So how do you store up God's commands well he tells us in verse 2 by making your ear attentive to wisdom and by turning your heart to understanding you see it's hearing and then assimilating God's truth into your very being now Solomon gives even more detail because this is really really important verse 3 indeed if you call out for discernment raise your voice for understanding and I believe Solomon here is referring to you and I asking God 
prayer and study of God's Word go hand in hand. We learn through all of Scripture that it's, it's so wise to develop this ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father, especially as we read and digest and, and meditate on His precious, life-giving words. Verse 4, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, how hard would you dig? To what expense would you go to bring in excavation equipment if you knew that there was valuable treasure on your property? See, that would be called living skillfully. There are eight imperatives in these first nine verses, and they reveal to you and I what our responsibility is towards God's truth. Look at what we have to do. You've got to receive. That means to accept God's words. You've got to hide them, store them up in your hearts and in your minds. We're supposed to incline our ear and, and apply it to our heart. We, we need to be crying after knowledge. We, and we need to lift up our voice to God for understanding. Seek for wisdom and search after it. Yes, desire His words of life that much. Discipline your life around His words of truth that intensely. Then is the next word. Then is the other key word. Then you will understand how to fear the Lord, and you will discover knowledge about God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Once you're on the right road through your faith in Jesus Christ, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit of God walking alongside of you. He's called the Comforter, the Helper. And he points out the way to, uh, to go. Uh, he helps us understand God's words of wisdom and apply them to our lives. These, these words from God provide you and I with all the godly, righteous life skills and guidance we could ever want or need to stay, to stay on and follow God's road, to live his ways before, before our families, before our friends, before our neighbors. They are ours if if we're found doing this disciplined work of studying God's Word to show ourselves approved. Solomon breaks down chapter 2 with different paths which you and I can choose to walk on. And for a child of God, the, the, the choice is obvious. But the temptations, the pitfalls, the traps to choose unwisely are also very, very real. The first road uh, that we find is the one that we just uh, read in verses 1 through 9 that we just gone over. You can walk with God. And this is the first decision. This is where every one of us has to begin. It's not only God's path, but He's on it. He's on it as a, to guide us every step of the way. We, we read in the Psalms, His word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light for my pathway. And another benefit of this path in verses 20 and 22 is you get to walk it with other people. He says you get to walk it with the righteous, the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. You see, this goes hand in hand with walking with God, seeking out righteous people to walk the road of life together. In the book of Proverbs, the word path and, and the word way are found over a hundred times. It's a huge metaphor. You see, wisdom is not only, as we saw last week, a woman to love, but wisdom is also a path to walk. And the emphasis in chapters 2 and 3 and 4 uh, on the blessings of God's people, 
and, and then we get to enjoy all these blessings when we walk on wisdom's path and and it's only accentuated when we do it with others when we walk on this path together for instance this time that we're having online where we get to study God's Word and worship together is walking the path together we know it's not ideal we are hoping for that day when we are all back together face to face but in the meantime we are still walking the path together but there's that other choice and that wide road is always there it beckons you can walk with the wicked it's in verses 10 through 19 and as we saw last week with Madam Folly it'll be a constant temptation throughout the rest of our life there'll be these constantly specially prepared traps laid out for us to to fall into and get trapped by and we learn in the New Testament that these traps and these attacks are described as fiery darts. Can you imagine a fiery dart? I mean, a dart is bad enough. On fire, that's going to hurt. And God has provided armor for each of us to wear to fend off those attacks. You have to put on the armor. You see, wisdom dictates that. That's what wisdom is, not having the armor but putting it on. The wicked are exposed. They have no protection. You and I have armor. We need to put it on. Let me read it for you in Ephesians 6. It's in verses 13 through 20. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt, listen to these words now, the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness that's given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. That sure sounds like Proverbs to me. Do you remember last week? There was the path of wisdom that leads to life, but the way of folly leads to death. And what we are going to see over the next few weeks as we walk this path together is that if you walk on the path of wisdom, then you get to enjoy at least three wonderful assurances. We're seeing in chapter 2 here that wisdom protects your path. Protection from God himself. And in chapter 3, we're going to see that, that wisdom directs your path. Shows you which way to go and corrects you when you get off the path. And, and, and in chapter 4, we're going to see that wisdom perfects your path. You and I are being daily made more and more into the image of Jesus Christ as we follow the path of wisdom with God's word. So let's spend just the rest of our time, as short as, as it is, on the key verse in chapter 2, and it's verse 8. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. What a blessing. Think about it. To walk each and every moment of every day protected with the power and oversight of the creator of the universe, our holy, awesome God. Now, now the big question is always, so... Are you walking the paths of justice and are you a saint? Well, well, a saint is anyone who has been set apart by God. That's what the word means, to be set apart. A saint is everyone who has had the Son of God's salvation revealed to them 
as the only source, the only way to the Father, the only source, the only way to have our sins forgiven, paid for, and has been saved by the grace of God through faith in the death sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I realize that many of you watching this are, would witness, yes, that's me. I've got that salvation. It's, it's awesome. Okay. Now, do you walk the paths of justice? Uh, it's a different question. Do you and I see people through different levels of distinction? Do we give people our time and our attention based on our own judgments about them, which may be lacking in the knowledge of God and the wisdom that comes from His Word? Do we obey the laws of the land, for instance, as long as they do not cause us to disobey the laws of Scripture? You know, thanks to television, our attention span is brief. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks to religious entertainment, uh, which passes for worship, our spiritual appetite can be feeble and our spiritual knowledge of who God really is can be very, very weak. And it's not pleasant to our soul, as Solomon says in verse 10. It's no wonder that fewer and fewer pe people are, are taking time to be holy and more and more uh, church people are falling prey to the enemies that lurk along life's pathway. And that's the point that, that Solomon's harping on. That there are wicked men, there's, there's, there's Madam Folly, always seeking to lure you and I away from the paths of justice. When you obey God, you obtain the privilege to walk in the way of the good and to keep the paths of the righteous. If you follow the, the word of God, you will never lack for the right kind of friends who will walk that path with you. Your chances increase of having godly friends. We are instructed in Scripture, in Psalm 119.11, that your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. And here in Proverbs chapter 2, that if we hide God's word in our hearts, God will protect us from the enemy's attacks. It's the Old Testament version of the New Testament putting on the armor of God. Now we need to realize that the attacks will come. And they're going to increase and they're going to come fast and furious the more and more that we hide God in our hearts. The more and more that we display God's glory through the choices we make on a daily basis in life. As God uses us to influence others for his kingdom come, we're going to be moving targets. I'm impressed with, with how people are, are willing to work so diligently at their jobs in this life. And that's a good thing. We're told to work with our hands and be responsible. And it's amazing how much schooling and training a person will discipline themselves to, in order to get or to re retain the, uh, some kind of employment. Why? Because they know they'll earn a paycheck. Because they know there's pride to be had in doing a, a job well done. Because they know there's a, a sense of satisfaction that can be gained uh, from achieving different lists. Well, what about applying ourselves diligently to God's Word in order to gain spiritual riches that are way more valuable than any gold or silver uh, or any prestige we could ever hope for in this life? These are riches that will last forever. You see, there's, there's a price to pay if you want to gain spiritual wisdom. 
but there's even a greater price to pay if you don't gain it. Remember the husband and wife in their car teetering on the cliff edge? You see, you can be on God's road through salvation, through Jesus Christ, and still not be all that wise in your day-to-day -day affairs. And you can end up one day balancing on a cliff in your car. So what can I leave with you today after having gone through chapter 2 together? Keep seeking wisdom. You and I will never arrive when it comes to the practical knowledge of God's Word. We have to keep reading. We have to keep listening. We have to keep praying. We have to keep on pursuing. And if you find that at times you're just not growing in wisdom, it's probably because you haven't been seeking or treasuring wisdom as you should. Perhaps you've uh, been uh, swayed by the wide road and you've valued some earthly things which are just like fool's gold and you've pursued uh, those things above the lasting treasures of God which will end up bringing you joy and peace and rest and contentment forever. And as you, as you and I keep seeking wisdom, let's keep seeking wisdom in Christ. Solomon, he, he was the wisest man on earth. And we read in the uh, Old Testament that people came from great distances just to hear his wisdom. He's like the, the guru on, on the mountaintop. And everybody climbs up to, to ask their, their, their one question, only he really was wise. Uh, how much more should we seek wisdom from God? who is far greater than Solomon. It says in Luke 11:31, the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here, and his name is Jesus. And how about you and I abiding more in God's word? In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And look at this, the truth will set you free. And how about as you and I are seeking God's wisdom, we, through Christ, we, we pray and actively seek God together. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know, when I, when I listen to the news, as I watch certain people I encounter, especially over the last uh, two months, uh, it can appear at times that the, the wicked are succeeding. At least from our limited temporal viewpoint, it can seem that way. Those who obviously do not acknowledge God, they, they believe that we humans are in control of our own destiny. Their way does at times seem to get things done and maybe I can be tempted to, to compromise just a little, to get a little bit of this kind of success for myself, for my family. Uh, maybe I should use more world-centered tactics from time to time. But as Proverbs is teaching us, as uh, Psalms, like Psalm 37, reminds us, this end, their end, going that way, is destruction. The godly will receive God's blessing certainly in eternity, 
but even in the here and now for you and I, even over these last two months and whatever lies ahead, there's peace, there's rest, and there's contentment to be had. And that's how Solomon ends chapter 2 for the Israelites who were living in the promised land at this time. Listen to what he says, verse 21. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. And what happened to the Israelites? They didn't listen to these words of wisdom. They didn't listen to the words of wisdom that came from the prophets. And all those who warned them, this is the way to go. Go on this path. Don't go down that way. <clears throat> and one day they lost the land. It was taken away. The safest, the most satisfying place to travel through this life is the path of wisdom. The path of life, the path God has prepared for you, specifically through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And Jesus, he, he walked this path of life perfectly, in perfect wisdom, and in perfect obedience, and perfect justice, and perfect righteousness. And he is the one who you and I are really following. I don't know how much longer this stay at home will keep us apart physically. I'm praying that we soon uh, will meet together in some, some fashion. I'm hoping for that, and I hope that you are too. But the day of our gathering for eternity is also drawing closer with each passing moment, and that's our real hope. So until we see each other face to face, I'm, I'm praying that God will bless you this week, that you will seek his wisdom, and that you'll apply it along with me. Let's do it together.